0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For all all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Golden Spaces. We got like a special, special guest with us here today. got producer Greg he's usually behind the 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 camera but today he decided to get in front of the camera with us and join me in um what's up up
2: man a fun a fun game that we get to talk about tonight Justin
1: I know (laughs) yeah potentially worst loss of the season um I think get completely outplayed by the heat missing their best player and missing two key rotation players in Josh Richardson and Kyle Lowry um, the Heat essentially dominated them all game with their effort, with their shot-making, everything. Um, the Warriors just look flat, slow, old, tired, which I, don- I know they're not tired. They just look tired, which is worse than actually being tired. Right. What did you, what did you see? Well,
2: I mean, you, you brought it up right there in your opening statement. The Heat outplayed them, and this was a game where the Warriors were heavily favored – I know that they had an eight-game win streak at home. That got snapped tonight. But I'm more frustrated coming from a Warriors standpoint of you're playing a shorthanded Heat team that you should have handled from the very beginning, and you were playing from behind the whole way. Curry gets a huge and-one opportunity to cut it to a three-point game after they were down 14, but they were never able to build off of it. it. It felt like they just continued to build their way back, build their way back, once he had that and one and he got like, he got a fist pump and was really into it. I was like, okay, here's their chance. Like they're getting, they're on a run. Maybe they can put something together here in the third quarter. And then the offense just completely fell flat. The defense couldn't stop Miami inside the paint whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And uh, a career night for, uh, for some guy that no one's ever heard <laughs> of from Miami. Um,
1: Jamal Kane.
2: Yeah. Jamal Kane. a career <laughs> night for him. And, he killed them on the fast break. He killed them underneath the hoop. He was hitting a couple of threes. I was just frustrated by the lack of effort, and I texted you this during the game, when uh, Duncan Robinson threw the basketball backwards at half court just to save it from being over and back. The fact that Miami got the ball back, like mm-hmm. no Warriors came to like run after the ball. They just let – uh Joe is it Jovich? Is that his name? The the Yeah, yeah. Jovich, Jovic, but Jovich. They let Jovich just get the basketball. Then they missed the shot, get an offensive rebound. Jaime Hawkes was stealing the ball left and right. The Warriors were turning the ball over left and right. I mean, it was just a flat out sloppy game. You had yeah. nine turnovers in the first half, and Miami had zero.
1: Set is I mean, it's clearly just energy based. Right, like you said, Jamal Cain, who is that guy, right? Like, the Heat somehow just keep finding these random guys and turning them to actual good players. But you, you just hope they don't go off against your team. But they, the only reason, the only way they do that is if they just completely play way harder than you do, and that's what we saw tonight. Obviously, Steph and Clay continue their Christmas Day struggles tonight. They ended up being seven for twenty-six combined from the field. Both missed the free throw. Um, just, they look a little bit out of it right now, but I think it's, I think at this point in their careers, well, Steph is Steph, right? Like he can turn it on at any point, Clay more so in particular, but like they feed off the energy of the team. They feed off the chaos of the game when it's, when the game is sped up and every everything's crisp on the Warriors end and guys are like hitting them in stride and hitting them in their shot pocket when they're coming off these screens and they're getting open and stuff. That's when they really get into a rhythm. That that stretch where Clay was on a heater, super heater, recently, where he's scoring all those twenty point games in a row, and they're winning, and he's looking good. That injection of pods into the starting lineup, and Kaminga and the energy that they were bringing um, on the offensive end in particular, just getting out in the fast breaks and finding Clay and stuff like that, that is what kind of got him going, right? And Clay is the type of player now well, he's kind of always been this way, but he's definitely this type of player now that he's less athletic and he's uh, older, that he needs touches. He needs, like, to feel the ball, not necessarily to shoot the ball all the time, but to feel the ball in his hands, feel like he's involved. uh, That's what's going to juice him up to do the other things, play better defense and all type of stuff like that. And it's annoying that it has to be that way, but, I mean, it's just something that I've noticed. And Clay, I mean, and Steph, as we can see, like, early in the game, he's kind of deferring to everybody, but, like, Nine times out of ten, if he defers, the ball is eventually going to come back to him at some point. If the ball is zipping around, ball is not getting back to him, right? Because it's just dying with with you know with certain guys, and the energy of the ball is just like not there. So when there's no Steph and no Clay going off, you're supposed to lean into your defense, but they just had no energy on that end all night. Um, I guess we can talk about individual players and their performances and stuff like that. But just overall as a team, I think they just don't play. I wouldn't say they don't play hard enough, but they don't play the guys that bring that consistent energy enough. Um, That combination of energy and youth and athleticism, they don't play them enough.
2: Yeah, they bring in Trace off the bench, and they go on a 12-5 run to close out the first quarter. They They brought in the whole bench at that point. They had four bench players in with Paul, Trace, Sarich. And there's one more that I'm missing. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was. Right, Wiggins. I think oh, it was. Yeah. Wiggins, Wiggins. That's yeah. who it was. And they go on a 12, five run to close out that quarter where they were down 14 and you start to think, okay, they got the spark from the bench that they needed. But as soon as the starters came back in, it was just the same thing again. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it looked like Brandon Ch- Pajemski looked a little uh, hesitant to shoot the basketball when, the veterans were on the floor with him. He shot the ball more when it was the bench. And I'd like to see him shoot it more because he's playing well. I'd, like, I'd mm-hmm. like to see him in attack mode, drawing fouls. He's hitting the three-pointer. He needs to shoot the ball more, especially when Curry is 3 of 15 from the floor and he's not hitting his shots and Clay's not hitting his shots. But Jimski's the next guy.
1: Yeah, he's their next best shot maker. I mean, both from the percentage. and You can just tell just from his skill level. And this is kind of like what's been going on all season as far as just this battle between the hierarchy of, you know, or the battle within the hierarchy of the team between like the veterans and having the young guys deferring to them, both in style of play and touches and, and shots and stuff like that. And also in minutes um, via Steve Kerr, right? Like guys aren't playing their full games, aren't playing to their full potential for whatever reason. And it's directly tied to, these dynamics that play, right? Um, I don't know how many times Pajemski gets the ball on a rebound and he's ready to drive the ball straight down the court and you can hear Chris Paul screaming, like, hey, 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 give me the ball to slow back down. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's that's the clash that's happening within the Warriors right now that they need to deal with. Um, And I think they need to push more towards the youthful, high energy type of play rather than the slow it down, let's do the veteran stuff. Because the veteran stuff is getting you beat by Jamal Kane. Like the veteran stuff is getting you beat by Josh Okoji on opening night. You're getting constantly they're running into these fringe rotation guys on these other teams that don't have any standout NBA skills, but they just play super hard all the time. And they are dominating the Warriors. Like all, all of the all of the losses have been against guys like this. Um whereas you have guys like that on your team that are better than the other guys on the on the team on the other team that are doing it but you don't play them and when you do play them it's in short stints they make one mistake they're out of the game right like we 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 spoke before we started recording Moses Moody's a plus 10 he's only 13 minutes in yeah like how's that how is that a thing right um Chris Paul 27 minutes why for what they yeah just... i
2: i was very frustrated by what you just talked about how they would slow it down and it was just it felt like it wasn't team basketball. Like I go back to that first quarter. It wasn't that big of a deal at that point. But the play that was made by Trace Jackson Davis underneath the hoop, he kicked it to a wide open. Uh, I want to say it was Wiggins. And then he kicked it to Sarich in the corner and he hit the three pointer. Kalena said they could run that ball movement all night long against any team. They Mm -hmm. never did it again. I swear they (laughs) never did it again. They never worked the offense through trace or through a big where the defense collapses underneath and then they can kick it out and find an open player like they did in that situation. It just felt like, well, we're just going to go down the floor. Curry's going to shoot a three-pointer. He's going to miss. Rebound, bam. Miami's got the basketball. And they're going to outrun everybody on Golden State Coming back in transition, and they're going to beat them at the hoop, and it, it it's so frustrating to see that. It, it felt like the Warriors were the team that was shorthanded tonight, when it should have been an easy win for the Warriors against a shorthanded Miami team. Tyler Hero got his; he's going to get his. Bam got his; he's going to get his. The rest of these guys aren't supposed to kill you like they did.
1: They're just. Yep. Not. And and the only exactly, and the only way they did is because they played harder. Um, you know Jamal Kane and. He hit a few threes that you don't expect him to hit, but you keep Duncan Robinson relatively in check. Like you said, the guys you expect to get, to get off got off. Jaime Hawkes is a, is a tough, tough player. I mean, mm-hmm. he was hitting some tough shots, but I mean, you don't lose if you don't give up 29 points to Jamal Kane and Nikolajovic. Like, it's just not going to happen. Yep. Um, I'm just sick of seeing, I mean, I guess we can get to individual players at this point, but I'm just sick of seeing the same mistakes being made and both from Steve and from the players. I mean, at this point, like I've I've been, I've been calling for it, but like Loon got to sit, man. He just has to sit. Yeah. It's, it's getting bad at this point. And I mean, like I said, it's going to look worse. It's going to, it's going to look worse against teams like this, where you have a hyper athletic center, like bam. Um, But most teams in the NBA at this point have a hyper-athletic center. They don't have Embiid's or Jokic's on every team or Sabonis's on every team. Those guys are on their teams, which is like five or six teams in the NBA where they have a big that plays like that. Um, so there's really no need to play Looney or start him every single night at this point, and he's hurting you when he's out there. Harrow got a good rhythm going early because Loon is in a super low drop, and Harrow can just shoot mid-range pull-ups off the screen. Happened with Jamal Murray the other night as well. Just super, super low drop. Guys are just getting their floaters off. They're getting their middies off, and they're getting into a rhythm early. Now they start hitting the tough shots. Um, so he just put them behind the eight ball to start the games. And, I mean, I don't want to pile on them, but that's just kind of like been a trend of this entire season. And, and it's, it's hurting the team a little bit too much.
2: And, and you know, if, if you just look at the box score alone, Looney was minus nine. Trace Jackson Davis was plus eight. He had 10 points and 11 rebounds. Like, he was facing Bam. It wasn't he was facing the bench. Right. They had Trace going up against Bam, and he was holding his own. And I switched broadcasts at halftime to hear what the Heat guys were saying, and they were impressed by Trace. Like, this guy should be playing more. This, he, this rookie is really solid.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: mm-hmm. why is he not out
1: there more? It's It makes no sense, especially with Draymond out as well like exactly he played 26 minutes today but how many of those minutes were garbage time in the fourth quarter where they were just like where Curry was just like okay put all the young high energy guys out there and let's see what we can mm-hmm. do Yep. like he should have played 30 30 minutes like he should be walking into 30 minutes at this point because looney's pretty much unplayable and draymond is out so all those minutes got to go to him obviously he's a, a shot blocker so he's going to foul sometimes but i mean he just Creates such a different dynamic for them, especially in their starting lineup with Steph and Clay together. You need somebody who can roll and actually finish up the rim. It's just mm-hmm. low-hanging fruit. It's easy points. We have both of them on the court at the same time starting the game. Teams are going to be hell-bent on not letting them go off early. So guys like Looney get easy shots early in the game. but He just can't finish them. And you want to make sure you're disrupting the other team's offense early. So it just makes the most sense to start Trace at this point. But Steve Kerr just doesn't want to do it. Um, Jonathan Kaminga was not great tonight. I mean, he was—he's been good for most of this uh, recent stretch, so it's not like it's a recurring thing. But it's just kind of bad timing after the article came out of him calling himself like unguardable and saying he needs to play more. Even you know he's doing everything that's asked of him and stuff like that. It's just bad timing. But six he turnovers got by the career. rim
2: tonight, man. That's how. Yeah. yeah. That that was the kind of night that he had. He got stuffed by the rim. He turned the ball over six times. He wasn't really a presence underneath that much. He had a couple of nice plays where he just outran everybody to the hoop and just threw it down. But you know, I also noticed whenever Curry would have the ball and they would double him, he'd kick it to to uh, he'd kick it to Kaminga, and the Heat announcers were like, "They will live with that shot all day," mm-hmm. and that's what they kept doing. They kept making it tough on Curry. And have him pass it to a guy that's not very good from three. Kaminga 0 for three from three. And Miami was living with that.
1: Yeah. And these are some of the um, things you have to deal with when you play him and Wiggins, not only at the same time, but when you play them in the same game. Like, it's it's starting to become clear that you probably have to choose one of those two. I mean, when Kaminga's best stretch of basketball for, I mean, both, I mean, for his entire career right? Even last year, come when Wiggins is just not in the lineup at all. um, Like, the last stretch of games when Wiggins was sick, that's when, Wigg- when Kaminga really started taking off. And last year, when Wiggins was gone out with that absence, Kaminga started playing a lot better. It's just, I mean, maybe there's just something going on with him looking over his shoulder, knowing that Wiggins is going to play more than him, or he's coming for the same amount of minutes, or they're splitting the minutes, or something like that, where it kind of causes him to not play his full freedom game, but it's, it's something that I've noticed, and I think is something to monitor going forward. Uh, but, yeah, just and, turn the ball over not very sharp.
2: And it also feels like they're not using him the way they used to. Remember, I want to say it was two years ago. Like, all he would do was just have ridiculous dunks, mm-hmm. and he would do it a ton where they'd run pick and roll, and he'd just drop underneath the hoop and, boom, slam dunk. In transition, he would be the first one back there wide open dunk, elevator, everything. He did mm-hmm. it all with the dunks. Now it feels like they're not even using him properly, where he's taking three-pointers and he's taking jump shots, attack the hoop, and get him the basketball underneath the hoop.
1: Exactly. It, it, I mean, they've, they've put him in a spot-up position all season, it seems like. He just recently started uh, being allowed to like go one-on-one on the wings and the post and stuff like that, so he's scored a lot more recently, but they threw a zone at them and it just seemed like it was the smart thing to do to put him behind the zone or something like that but they just parked him on the wing and he's like you said shooting those open threes where no team even if he hits five threes in the game no team they're going to leave him open for the sixth three because he's not that level of shooter like everyone in the gym knows it so it's no reason for them to put him in those situations um, is that, that zone annoying?
2: defense was annoying. The Warriors were not able to figure it out. They kept turning the ball over. That mm-hmm. Miami was switching up their defense and keeping the Warriors on their toes, and it was working when they were running the zone.
1: Yeah, Spo coached uh, more than one circle around Steve Kerr tonight. Um, you throw zone out there, and Steve Kerr counters with CP3, Wiggins, and Camingo on the court at the same time. Um, three like guys who they were gladly concede threes to yeah the entire time and they're just completely selling out to steph and clay and clay's frustrated because he can't even get free for for a touch and steph is just like do i really have to put my backpack on like every single night this bad to you know i'm, I'm sure that has a lot to do with their shooting percentages like being bad because they know they have to work so hard to get good looks and score and the lineup choices just aren't helping them at all
0: um
1: Looking at other players. I mean, Dario played mostly fine. He was a minus 10, but I mean they were just kind of getting manhandled the entire game. That's why I think he was more so a victim of the runs of the game.
2: Yeah, he but went he, four or five from the floor. I thought he I thought he played well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't killing you on defense like he usually does, but <laughs> um rebounded six times. Wiggins was a plus five, but I didn't feel like he was playing that great. I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I think he was kind of a step slow all game especially defensively. He only made
2: 4 of his 11 shots. He was 3 of 9 through the third quarter. It wasn't it wasn't great from him. Uh, mm-hmm. no. It it was better than what we've seen whenever he was in his slump, but it wasn't a great performance.
1: Yeah, and this is this is what I mean when I was speaking earlier about like how his his attentiveness and his disruption on defense matters to this team a lot more than his shot making does. Because there's going to be games where he goes 0 from three, o for 3 from 3. He's not an elite shooter. He's a good shooter, um, or he's turned himself into a good shooter up to this point. But he's not a guy that teams fear from 3, nor should they, right? He's not that level of shot maker. But what he can do is turn you over, block your shot, disrupt you, take force you into shots that you don't want to take. Um, and if there's a non-star player that he's on, they should absolutely be terrified of trying to score on him. But – this season, they're just taking it to him. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know how many times Nikola Jovich just drives on him, strong side drive, and getting right to the rim, drawing a foul or scoring. Um, you know, he's taking bad angles. Uh, I think one time they cut off someone's drive, and he was in perfect position to just X out and, and close out on somebody. A step slow. So it was a late closeout, pump fake, side step three. And it's like, dude, you saw that play happening before it was about to happen. You just chose not to do, not to react yeah that hurts the warriors a lot more than him missing three threes like that is what kills the warriors from andrew wiggins and he has to find a way to get that fire and that motor back on the defensive end the the main thing that stood out to everybody when he was first traded to the warriors was his motor right everyone spoke about how his motor wasn't great in minnesota he got to go to state and all of a sudden it was one of the best in the league he was one of the leading shot blockers from the wing position um He wasn't rebounding a ton, but the defensive motor, he was picking guys up full court, pressuring guys at all times of the game. It's like, man, this dude is such a crazy athlete. And and he attacked
2: the hoop so much more than he has been now. He would would drive the lane so much more than he has been.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, where has that gone? I know you're not that much of a, you know, decline physically, right? You may have some decline physically, right? He's 27, 28. You're not going to be a a Kaminga level athlete like all the time, like when you're 22, 21, but he has enough athleticism left to still be able to affect the game tremendously with his athleticism and his length. And he's just not doing it enough. And
2: they need him. I mean, you guys have talked about this on the pod a long time. Nat's a huge Andrew Wiggins fan, but they need, they need the former Andrew Wiggins for this team, especially, when Curry and Clay are taken out of games, you need that third option. Wiggins used to be that guy, and mm-hmm. he's just not anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. And they have to find a way to turn defense into offense. Like this has been a the story for them all season as well. They just don't get any transition opportunities because they don't turn defense into offense. Like Moody came in a game and immediately did that, right? Mm-hmm. Blocking shots, getting steals, getting deflection and stuff like that, so they can get out in transition and get easy points. Um. But they don't do that anymore and it starts well this season at least it started with andrew not being not providing that right he's not starting the games anymore so that's kind of on pods and jk to do it but jk doesn't really do it as much as he could as well pods tries but there's only there's a limit to what he can do um moody does but he doesn't play mm-hmm. you know trace does but he doesn't play enough so they're they're missing that key element and that was always something that sustained them offensively, um, even when Steph and Clay weren't at their best in years past, they can rely on their defense just creating easy opportunities. And that's going to be something that, you know, Gary is going to definitely help with when he comes back, and Draymond as well, obviously, but Gary is coming back sooner. Um, they're going to need it. But you just know Gary being back is for sure going to push Moody completely out of the rotation.
2: Yep. Which, <laughs> is, which is just ridiculous because Moody just continues to take advantage of the opportunities that he gets. He was plus 10 tonight, and he only played 13 minutes. Went four of eight from the floor. And, you know, I told you off air what a huge difference it was when he came into that game and he got the two blocks that it just felt like a huge spark was lifted. Like the defense made some big plays, and both of them were by him. And Kerr didn't bring him back into the game until garbage time.
1: It's ridiculous. When your defense
2: is getting torched, all night long <laughs> you don't bring him in
1: like i really don't get it um he's just watching cp 3 get absolutely killed by tyler harrell and switches i mean get yes. killed by everybody but like they're just picking on cp 3 the whole time and it's like what is cb3 bringing offensively that is so valuable that you're willing to concede all of these buckets all of your transition game all of your energy and your defensive upside just so we turn the ball over less and oh, he, actually had three don't.
2: he had three turnovers. Don't worry, he still yeah. turned the ball over. <laughs> yeah, All right. And okay. he had four fouls. He had four fouls.
1: It's not worth it. It's it's not worth the trade off. It's it's a losing trade off. And there is going to be games out here when his plus minus is through the roof because he's playing with four high energy young guys that are just carrying the lineups, and he's just on the court while it's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's going to be like, oh, Chris Paul is playing so well, like his plus minus is so great. But, dude, you're playing with all the players that should be playing more. <laughs> and they would be playing even more if you weren't on the team or playing. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, too, you know, they went 8 of 33 from three-pointers. Like, they just kept chucking, and mm-hmm. they weren't hitting. Eventually, you got to attack the hoop. And yeah. it wasn't just Curry and Clay. Everybody felt like just chucking. And that that killed them. On top of the turnovers, the points-off turnovers for Miami was nine was nine turnovers. They had 12 points off of that through the first half. And it just, it was so frustrating how many times the Warriors just kept turning the ball over and Miami just kept taking advantage of it.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial
0: centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC. Yep. They
1: just got way easier baskets. Killed them in the paint. Killed them on the points off turnover. It's just energy um, and there was even some plays where it's like the heat players are just getting fouls because they're just playing so hard. Yep. I'd much rather have that than the fouls because you're just being lazy because you got beat back door. You want to push a guy in the back or something like that. Mm -hmm. Those are the fouls you can live with. The, the golden state fouls are not the fouls that you can or want to live with. Um, but yeah, 27 minutes for Chris Paul. He was a minus eight should have been more, but again, he got in the game in garbage time when those young guys were making that push. Um, and, yeah, just just a terrible overall game. The Warriors, 25 points in the first, 26 in the second, 25 in the third, 26 in the fourth, no offense, all game, no transition game. And, I mean, the Warriors saw his zone and just completely shut down.
2: I'm going to say the most obvious thing that's probably ever been said on this podcast, but when Curry is off and the team is not hitting three-pointers – this is what happens when you live and die by the three and you live and die by Steph bailing you out every single night, mm-hmm. this is what happens whenever he is three of 15 from the floor and the team as a whole only made eight three-pointers. It gets really, really ugly. Yep. And that is what we saw in this game.
1: And this is this is why I keep saying, like, even if they figure it out, you probably need a trade because they just need more consistent rim pressure. They need a front court piece that can score, that can get the ball inside. Like you said, they ran the offense through trace that one play and got something good out of it. If you have a guy that can consistently draw doubles in the post or in the, in the interior and shrink the defense, it just makes it so much easier for everyone else. And it relieves pressure from Steph. Like Steph can have a game where he isn't lights out and you still win, right? Yep. Whereas now that's a guaranteed loss at this point could you
2: imagine a Siakam with this offense I mean you put him at the three and you get Draymond back put him at the four you have Siakam and Draymond as your three and four and you play Trace as your five or more than likely he plays Looney still as his five or he (laughs) trades for a new five but yeah I mean Pascal Siakam would be a huge opportunity for this team
1: for sure Siakam even Laurie Markkinen like Laurie Markkinen I would be,
2: love a Laurie market on this team.
1: He can play any position offensively, other than like the ball handling position. So you can run him off screens. You can play him like he's Clay. If he's like, but he's seven foot, and you can throw him in the post. You can have him attack closeouts, and I mean, he would he would completely unlock this offense. Um, and I think you can figure out the defense later, but it would just alleviate so much. And then now you got somebody who can take pressure off Clay. Who was seeing all these, all his defensive attention, and he can't even get a touch. He can't even catch the ball because teams are just like in his jersey the whole time, which is causing a whole domino effect of him, you know, playing worse from there. But
2: and, yeah. and when he finally got a touch, he was his foot was out of bounds. It's right. just like, are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: And and when it, when those type of games happen, you know when he gets a a clean catch, it's going up. Doesn't matter where he is right it's going yep. up yep. so um that was every the same with
2: Steph, too. he tried to shoot out of it and he just couldn't hit yep he, he just could not make one
1: yeah because they they just need the easy in the flow what in the Warriors flow um shots to get them going they don't need it but it's, it just makes it so much easier for them to get a rhythm when they're getting those like you know, three, four passes in a row, the t- the other team is scrambling, trying to figure out where those two guys are. They catch it open and they get a, a clean look and it's good. And now the crowds into it, and then that's when the splash bros turn into the splash bros. Like right. other than that, it's kind of like they're forcing it. Um, or it's like pulling teeth trying to get them to get into rhythm at this age, right? They're not 26, 27 in their in their prime anymore. They need a little bit more um oil in the in the hinges to get the juices flowing. Um, but yeah. I mean, I said earlier while, while, while watching the game, you're like, okay, Pods is out there making an impact. Trace is out there making a huge impact. It, sh- it it creates a weird, not a weird dynamic, but it creates a different dynamic for this team because these are two more players now that you have that you didn't expect to be good that are now good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like you have even more ammunition to seek out a trade, Whether I wouldn't say shop them, but whether or not you, whether or not teams ask for those players specifically, or you want to keep those players because you know they're they're ready to for elevated roles, and shop other guys who are playing above them.
2: Could you shop a Chris Paul? Yeah, yeah.
1: You can shop him just because he's expiring, um, and teams want to get money off the books. They might want to look at him, and maybe a team that just wants a Chris Paul type of player, like he's not necessarily a bad player. He's just not a – he's just a player that doesn't fit on the Warriors um, in the way that they need him to fit. Could um, you see a
2: team like Utah give up Laurie Markkinen in a package that would include Chris Paul? No. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're in rebuild mode. They're trying to get younger.
1: Yeah, they're trying to get younger. I don't think they have a ton of money committed to the guys they already have, so it's not like they're trying to sh- uh, cut money. Um, and they just want a bunch of young – guys apparently they want five firsts or the equivalent of it um which would lead me to ask them like would they want andrew you know in that case you know he's only making six more million than laurie seven more million laurie right now 24 25 million i think for the next three or four seasons not a bad contract especially if he gets back to you know the best version of himself Um, I don't know what they would want, you know, in addition to him or how they view him, right? Like how many firsts is Andrew Wiggins worth, right? Maybe two. Um, And if you attach two or three more firsts to him, does that get the the deal done? Or are they just going to ask for JK and Pajemski and Moody and all your, your young guys to get right? Lawyer marketing? Um, But it's worth, it's worth looking into. And I think, like I said, because they have so many good players, No matter what route they go they'll still have good players left over and that's kind of like my whole point that i'm making here like you don't have to be married to anyone on this roster because you know if you send out xyz player you have another player who's either already in that position or willing or ready and willing to take that step up once that said player is gone um And that's just kind of my, yeah, it's kind of my, my viewpoint on it. Let's look at what we got next. Do we got the Pistons soon? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They almost, they almost beat, they almost beat Boston. Uh, The Mavericks are next and the Mavericks are good. So if they lay another, another egg, they will get blown out again. Yeah. Um, I
2: mean, uh, Luca missed the game. I think it was because it was a back-to-back, and they just made up some injury. So he did not play uh, against my, or Minnesota. Kyrie Irving was a game-time decision and did not play. So it, just watch. It'll be Luka and Kyrie in this game. You just watch. They're going to oh, get everybody cool. back.
1: <laughs> and they don't want to lose three games in a row. They lost three games in a row like last week or something like that. They don't want to do that again. So they're going to bring their A game. And we'll see how the Warriors respond. Two back games from the Splash Bros in a row. Two losses in a row now. So which team is going to take three L's in a row? Is it going to be Golden State or Dallas? The best, this is another best
2: opportunity to play Trace in your starting lineup is against Derek Lively. This is exactly. this is the perfect game. This is the exactly. perfect game to do it. And he's not going to do it.
1: Of course not. I mean, <laughs> even if it like Derek Lively for one, for two – Luka Doncic right Looney yes. is no longer a switchable big he's made that very clear um Trace I mean nobody can guard Luka but he has a much better chance with Trace um than than Loon at this point point. and then we can see what we can do with their offense to, to muck up their offense maybe they start um they're probably going to start JK on him on on Luka he part he, he guarded him pretty well last year at one point so we'll see what that what that does. But like you said, golden opportunity to start Trace. It's not going to happen, but it should. And then we'll mm-hmm. see how many points they're down by the time Trace comes in the game. And, <laughs> and then or, they
2: go on a 12-5 run and make it a game again as soon as he comes in. Again.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. They might be able to exploit Dallas's defense a little bit more, even with Loon on the court, just because – you know, Luca's out there and maybe Kyrie's out there. So they can – there's still holes in the defense, unlike Miami, where it's, like, all their guys can can pretty much defend. But we'll see what they do on the defensive end to stop Luka Doncic. And it, it may not be looking good early.
2: So <laughs> Great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So you got, uh, got anything else you want to add before we head out of here?
2: No, I think uh... – I think we really touched on a lot of things that were on my mind about this one tonight. Just a very disappointing effort tonight from them against a shorthanded team that they should have beat. And I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah. Simply put. I agree. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in again. If you have any mail back questions, just leave a comment on the YouTube page or send them to us on Twitter you can follow us on Twitter or X at Golden Spaces Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod, and you can follow us on TikTok at Golden Spaces to, uh, Pod as well. Um, yeah, subscribe, all that good stuff. Five stars, leave a good review, and thanks for joining us. Of course, uh, thanks for Greg for, stop- for stopping in, doing thanks everything for having he me. does. Yeah, he's the reason why this is what it is. You know everything that you see this guy right here so send your love to him um and yeah have a good night hopefully we get a win next time that you guys see us against dallas and uh go dubs